0: Welcome to Hopecast, the podcast making suicide a part of the everyday conversation. My name is Lauren and I'm the host of Hopecast. And I'm Hazel, I'm head of fundraising at Papyrus
1: Prevention of Young Suicide.
0: So tell us a bit about your work that you do at Papyrus Hazel in the fundraising department. In the
1: fundraising department we we have a lot of people who contact us who've uh, sadly lost a young person to suicide Um, and one of the one of the sort of knee-jerk reactions is that they, they feel the need to do something as part of their own grief journey. And that's very often is to take on a challenge or to raise money for us or an organization like us. So um, the fundraising team take calls, emails, we respond to letters and phone calls from people wanting to do something, whether it's climb up a mountain, shave their hair off, uh, do a sponsored run um anything at all and we'll talk them through how to set up just giving pages we'll give them lots of advice about the best ways to donate any money to us we send out thank you letters and certificates um and we we do become part of their kind of grief journey and suicide Can be quite a scary subject. Many people don't even like hearing the word. But when somebody's lost someone to suicide, other people in their lives might skit around the subject. They might not talk about that person um, as much as if they had if they had died from any other. Means, um, but suicide has still got a massive taboo around it. But they can talk to us; they they can't frighten us with anything, and so they do share quite a lot of detail with us very often. Um, and we have to, I have to make sure that the team are okay with that, and that they keep themselves, you know, they're not badly affected by that, and that we're giving out the right advice, um, which is very much signposting people to helpline UK and other support mechanisms that they can use to help them. But basically, we'll help people in their journey to raise money for us and we will support them and and take them on on that journey with us and then very often people will do something helpful leather, become really really involved raise a ton of money and then they just disappear and that's fine because that's that's how they want to do it but other people will stay with us you know for, they'll fundraise for us year in year out and continue support to support us for many years um, and that's fine too and we'll, we'll go as fast or as slow as somebody likes huge amount of success in the last couple of years with our number of corporate supporters we have some quite big corporate organizations who have adopted us as their charity of the year and they're doing all sorts of things um, and raising a lot of money but also because they quite high profile, some of them. The uh, the feedback that we're getting and the awareness raising that's happening out there because of them um, is almost as valuable. I shouldn't probably say this as a fundraiser, but it's almost as valuable as the money. Uh, the more people that know about who we are and what we do, then we know we're getting somewhere. I think, um, I think the most disappointing thing I hear is that somebody will contact us and say, I want to raise money for you because I lost my son or daughter. And I'd never heard of you before. And if I had, then I might not be in this position. So that's what we want to do. We want people to hear about us before they need us.
0: And it's it's a real sadness in a way that people... They're raising money because they've lost someone close to them to suicide and it's there are so many amazing fundraisers and people raising money and they've all got that lived experience of suicide and that just shows how important it is to have that safe conversation about suicide, break that taboo because that's that's what the money's there for. It's to get people educated around suicide and talking about it and breaking breaking that stigma overall. That's right. That that's absolutely right. But even even in women, that's it's a massive stigma. I mean, positively in recent years, in the media, we talk a lot about men's suicide and men opening up. But suicide amongst women is equally as important, and it's something that that people th- that do shy away from. A lot of women do experience thoughts of suicide and attempt to take their own life every year.
1: There's an awful lot of uh, there's quite a lot of talk out there about suicide. You know, men being affected by suicide, you know, it's the biggest killer of men, da, 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 da. and that's completely true. Um, I think what's maybe not talked about quite so much is suicide is also the biggest killer of young women in the UK. It's mm-hmm. just those numbers are actually a lot lower than the men. Yeah. And um, the biggest cohort um, is middle-aged men, um, not particularly young men, but middle-aged men. So there's a lot of focus around that, but I think suicide is everybody's business. Mm-hmm. It, it's, we have to get whole communities to help to look after their own young people and by understanding the prevalence of suicide and what can be done about it. And the fact that many suicides are actually preventable if you get the right help. um, I think it's the whole population that we need to educate around this. But I do think um, with women, I think it's particularly important because there's so much pressure on young women nowadays to be the perfect beautiful person on instagram to have this amazing life to be able to juggle um studying jobs careers with family um having a social life and still looking fabulous it's it's unattainable and i think and i think the media's got an awful lot to answer for because they're just making it worse
0: that constant pressure um to look like you say beautiful on the outside everything's going on you're spinning all these plates and they look effortlessly doing that but We know ourselves as women, it's unattainable, and, but we still, feel that constant pressure but that's why it's really important to have this conversation because suicide amongst women can be down to all different reasons and why women may experience um, suicidal ideation it's really important that we have the conversation today
1: absolutely I quite agree
0: and that's why we've got a brilliant guest on today who's a papyrus ambassador she's a beauty queen and she is a champion for mental health and suicide prevention Alicia Cowie and you've worked with Alicia before haven't you Hazel?
1: Yes, I've worked with Elisa since she came into the Papyrus family in 2018 and she is, um, as well as being absolutely beautiful and gorgeous on the outside, she's actually a very, very kind, intelligent, clever, articulate person and I think she is the perfect ambassador for Papyrus because uh, she is very open about her own struggles and the bullying and the fact that she lost a friend to suicide when she was a teenager um, and she understands completely what we do and why we do it. So I think she's a fantastic person, fantastic ambassador and a brilliant guest on Hopecast.
0: It's now time for myth or fact. There are lots of myths that surround suicide and the aim of this section is to dispel
1: some of these myths.
0: In this segment of Hopecast, we try to eliminate these common
1: misconceptions. Today's myth is one that a lot of people get confused with and wonder how they can do more to support someone that they're concerned about. More suicide attempts are made by men than women. Now, is this a a myth or is this a fact?
0: This is actually really interesting. So when I spoke to the training team here, statistically, it shows that women are more likely to make more attempts to end their own life because they may experience more suicidal thoughts and behaviours than men. But statistically, more men die by suicide each year, but not necessarily attempting suicides. But more men statistically die by suicide each year, not necessarily attempting it that it's not just an issue with men's suicide it's an issue with both genders and especially amongst young people's suicide it it has no definition it's not just defined by men or women it's it's an issue for, for everyone in society.
1: Absolutely I think um it's up to all of us to look after our young people and I think probably men may have suicide ideation but it's not something that they share it's not mm-hmm. obvious so it becomes it comes as a huge shock whereas women are possibly I think more likely to to display that they're not happy or to talk to a friend or to mention it maybe not discuss it but maybe at least allude to it and I think a lot of social media is a lot to do with that as well young people spend hours on social media we know from some of the high profile cases this year going down these dark sort of like alleys on on the internet looking for uh, quotes and themes and ideas and being taken off on a tangent and I think that's possibly something that may affect young girls more than young boys I'm not 100% sure on that but that's what that's how it would seem to me
0: I definitely feel like that's that plays a huge part to it and I think that's what ties into this episode that women and suicide is such a huge a huge thing and women do feel that pressure and men might men equally have their own pressures and they feel that way but I feel like women like you say it's that additional pressure to look good and not admit that you're struggling—that sort of thing. And um, but I think it's a really, a really interesting fact, and it's something that people should be mindful of. Like, it's suicide it isn't just an issue with men; it's an issue with
1: everyone, and it can affect anyone. And I think, um, I think very pertinent to the fact we've got Alicia on today, it's the fact that young girls can be very, very cruel to other young girls. Mm. Um, because of their jealous, because they perceive that they're better than they are, so they lash out, and they can be very, very, very hurtful. Um, and I think that's something that Alicia's definitely experienced, um, and I think that's fairly prevalent amongst young girls.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think I have a lot of lived experience of that, and a lot of women, people don't realise, actually, jealousy and projecting that onto someone, it can really affect person who's rece- on the receiving end of that, and that it can lead to suicide. Definitely.
1: Definitely. But um, the only way that we're going to solve this problem is to make it completely normal to talk about suicide. Talking about suicide now with your family or admitting to having suicidal thoughts is uh, still very much a taboo subject. And it's a little bit like, I think, coming out as gay 30 years ago to your family. I mean, you... It was a real, it still is, I think, for many people, a very scary thing to do, to admit to, because they didn't know what the reaction was going to be like. Were they going to be shut down, cut out, cast out of the family, or whatever, turned to into some sort of social pariah? And I think there is still that little bit of stigma around all of that, but it's changed a lot in the last 30 years. And we need to do the same with suicide. We need to make it part of normal conversation. It needs to be something that is talked about around the family table so that when a young person does possibly have those thoughts they already know that the people that they're going to talk to the people closest to them will know how to respond to it because they've talked about it before it's been in general conversation about oh have you done suicide prevention training in school or you know talking about a high profile suicide or something in a safe way then that young person will feel safe to open up about it if they wanted to
0: yeah I I completely agree and it's creating that even though you're not necessarily thinking that way but we know Sometimes it can be a trigger in your life, something that can make you think about suicide or want to act on it by knowing you've got a safe, there's a safe space created in the people that you're closest to breaks that taboo and if it, 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 you feel safe, you find someone that you're feeling that way. So welcome to Hopecast, Alicia. Hi. It's so nice to have you on board. So you've actually been an ambassador for Papyrus for quite a while now. Tell us a bit
2: about the work you do. Yes, I think I became an ambassador in 2019, which we were just saying before is longer than we thought ago, Um, <laughs> like looking at it, it's 2023, but yeah, so it was some time ago and I became an ambassador after losing my best friend in 2013 to suicide. So from then on, it was always a passion to kind of help other people and show them where they can get help and just break the stigma around mental health and actually ask them for help.
0: And it's such a taboo as well especially I think amongst girls especially it's, it's having that conversation about suicide and mental health and but me and Hazel were talking about before recording how we perceive like somebody can look like they've got everything together but actually beneath the surface other the things can be going on.
2: Yeah exactly and you never actually know what someone's going through and I think it's really important to break this stigma and to not make it a taboo subject because we all go through it we've all been through those even if it's just a few days where we we're not doing as great as other days and it's really important to talk about it because when we get it out in the open i like the saying a problem shared is a problem halved and i really believe in that um and I just don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. And as well in the pageant industry, that's a huge, it's
0: suicide and mental health is such a huge, and it's not it's not ad- addressed enough, I, I don't believe, like you don't hear a lot of it, but actually when you're in the industry, I know Hazel, you mentioned it, it, unless you're in that industry and you speak to people involved, actually it's quite, it's quite prolific.
2: Yeah, it is, and... There is a lot of pressure and it is a situation we put ourselves in. You know, I was never forced into pageants. It's something that I decide to do as a teen and an adult. So it's not something that's been forced upon me and I do do decide to do it. But there is a lot of pressure that comes with it. And although it's a very supportive community and I love it and I wouldn't change it for the world. Obviously, from outsiders looking in, um, you do need to kind of have your stuff together and, you know, be able to pick yourself up and just get on with it. And do you feel
0: like there's a lot of pressure there? But if we're title holders and even somebody new going into pageant's or somebody who's
2: experienced in, in that field, do you know, there's a lot of pressure there for young girls and, and boys as well. Yeah, I think so, definitely. I mean, when I was Miss England in 2018, there was a ton of pressure. Um, because everyone's watching you, know, I went to Compete in Miss World, and you know that the fans are so struck on supporting their girls but they're watching you constantly um I know when I was Miss England I posted a photo of me and my partner who I'm still with um and I got so much rubbish on social media for posting a picture with my partner um saying I was like obsessing over them and things and it just there's just so much pressure to kind of Try and be what everyone wants you to be. No, I get, I get that. And
0: Hazel, you mentioned a really interesting story about the pageant industry. Um, when Alicia first started working with the Pirates.
1: Yes, that's right. When I was at the semi-final in um in 2019, um, and all the girl, because we were because of you and because of the work of Angie Beasley, we were chosen as the official charity of the year that year, and all the girls had to do some fundraising, and they all queued up to um, tell me what they had done and give me their just giving forms and the gift day forms and et cetera, et cetera. And every one of them had a story and it was actually quite moving. They were like queuing up to tell me how they'd struggled or they'd lost somebody or they'd had thoughts themselves or their mental health had been affected. Um, and it really it made me realize that we were so correct in choosing you as to be an ambassador. And I stand by that and I think, and I'm very proud of that fact. So thank you very much for allowing us to highlight, I think something which is really important.
2: That's, I mean, just you saying that, I'm I, honestly, I'm so honored to be an ambassador Um, and I continue every day to try and raise funds and just spread the word, but you're right. I mean, even now I get stick sometimes about mental health and things like that. Like how how could you have been through this blah, blah, blah? like as if I can't relate to it, but I mean, in school, I got horrifically bullied to the point where I got pushed in front of a bus, like, and so since I was young, I've co- constantly been told I'm not worth this. i like, I'm not worth anything. I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm like, and it's just been constant. And even though now as an adult, I'm like, well I'm not those things and I am a worthy person. And I just think it does stick with you. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what size you are. It doesn't matter what you do for a living how much money you have or anything. It can really affect you, especially if you've been through that kind of trauma as a child where you've just had everyone telling you things that, and it, it just messes with you completely. It does, and it gives
0: girls, especially and women, a really bad name because a lot of women want women to do well and want to yeah. put people on a pedestal. But when you hear catty comments like that and women going against each other and it's it's okay saying they look really put together, they're beautiful, they've got everything going on like you say, leafy, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors and it can be detrimental and comes from a place of jealousy and envy. They see someone like you doing so well, he's beautiful, got a really kind heart and it's it, it's sad more than anything that they, they have to project that onto you.
2: Yeah, and it, it's I do think the way you treat other people it reflects more on you than that person. It took me a long time to realise that, but the people that bullied me at school were probably having trouble at home. They probably had self-esteem issues themselves and to make themselves feel better, they wanted to pull me down. And I mean, succeeded when I was younger, but now I realise that and it's, it's like, I now feel sorry for them.
1: How many of them reached out to you um, since then? Now, Now that you're a grown up and with your sort of public um persona have any of them reached out to you have you ever spoken to any of them again I have actually but it wasn't kind of it wasn't you know I'm
2: sorry I'm like I feel really bad for what I did it was how do I get in the modeling industry how do I do that <laughs> and I'm like um <laughs> do I get a sorry yeah <laughs> um but you know I people change and I do think that the way people act is a reflection on what's on their inside not the people that they're attacking so I do think they must have had some trouble back then whether it be mentally or physically at home you just don't know but you don't know that as a child and you just think everything's personal absolutely and I think as well
0: because you've worked because you still you know you talk about now as an adult you're really confident and yeah of course everyone has the moments but you know where that place was coming from why those girls and those bullies were horrible to you and that's because of you know they something was going on for them but for people who especially young people who haven't got that support network around them they might not have very much confidence in themselves it it can lead to suicide and it can lead to people thinking I don't want to be here anymore and that's why so important to reach out to people and get that support
2: yeah and I mean I went through that as a young teen as well so I used to self-harm had thoughts of suicide constantly um and I had an amazing support system I mean both my parents in my life my grandparents I've got siblings um I had like few friends but they were like very close friends but Even if you do have that support system, I think sometimes you do need to go out of that support group and find someone that one knows what they're talking about and two that can not judge because I don't think your family would judge but I think just speaking to someone that you don't really know is so helpful because that judgment isn't there. They don't know you on a really personal level like parents and it's so much easier to talk to someone that isn't in your your close-knit
1: group. And I think, I think also f- from what we hear at Papyrus, a lot of young people don't open up to their parents or to their pe- the people who are closest to them and who care the most about them because they don't want to upset them. Yeah. And they think it could kind of freak them out. Um, and I completely understand that, but, um, but maybe I wouldn't if it had been one of my boys who wanted to say, I would have been horrified that they thought they couldn't speak to me.
2: Yeah, I, think- I do
1: understand.
2: Yeah I think sometimes it's setting boundaries as with like young children I mean I'm not a parent so I can't speak on it really but I think if I were to have children I'd want to speak to them and tell them that it was okay to come to them about things and even if you do have that conversation they might not always come to you about it but I think it's good to let them know that there's no judgment if you need to sit down and speak about it then it's a safe space to do so if not Here is some contacts that you can contact. This is the kind of places you need to go. Um, Me and my mum were very open. So I was very lucky in that respect. But I do think the therapy I got from speaking to my mum helped me a lot more than what my mum could because she's not a, a professional. And
0: it's like you say, sometimes you need that impartiality and someone who's not directly involved. So, like in your story, Lisa, your mum knows about your bullying and the trauma that you you had. Sometimes you need someone who's outside of that, yeah, that that experience to have that. But I think for women, do you feel like there is a pressure for women to not reach out for help? I think that there's almost a bit like. Oh, I've got to look like everything's perfect. I've got everything together. It's I think a lot of women are scared to talk about it and actually admit I'm struggling.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think there is a a bit of shame put on um, I mean, women and men that need help. Um, just because especially with social media now, I think everyone wants this perfect life. You need to show that you have this well put together, perfect, ideal. Life that you live, you know, job, house, kids, dogs, whatever it is that you might find successful. But I do think there's a massive pressure to look put together, especially social media. I think that kind of wraps up the fact that everyone looks put together, don't they, on social media?
0: No one's going to show the worst days, are they? No one's going to show the best when they've had a really rubbish day or what you look like at the end of the day. It's like when you go out, it's always a photo before you have your meal, isn't it? And before... well things get funny but it's um remembering that but we're all guilty of it we're all guilty of comparison and looking and I think it's just remembering yeah it's, it's it's a snapshot of somebody's life not a yeah, whole it's... look of what somebody's life looked like
2: yeah someone's Instagram I mean 99% of the time someone's Instagram will be their highlight reel their best moments um I mean there's so much editing that goes on now um and silly apps that you can get to change things so I think it's you really need to change your mindset of things. I've been trying to teach myself this for the past few years. That yes, that girl looks absolutely stunning. Her house looks so clean, and but there's editing tools. There's she could have spent three hours cleaning the house and two hours putting her hair and makeup on to just get that picture. Yeah, and that's not how we can all live our life. Unfortunately, <laughs> like um, I know my house doesn't look clean and tidy all the time, and I don't look like this half of the time. Um but yeah i think it's just remembering that that is a highlight reel and we just need to stop comparing ourselves that's easier said than done but um i think trying to teach yourself that is really important and it's talking very kindly to yourself as well and not yeah and i think one thing that i did learn was would i have said that to 12 year old me that was really struggling with self esteem probably not so I, I think that's another thing that's, a, I mean, a self care tip, if you will. um Just kind of being kind to yourself as if you were speaking to your younger sister or your younger self.
0: And you'd, you'd also encourage people as well, if you feel, because of course it starts with you, you've got to make the change, you've got to talk yourself kindly, do self care, do all these lovely things, but also it's reaching out for that further support as well. It, sometimes, you know, there's professional intervention like Hope Line UK seeking
2: therapy it's important to help to it, to have that as well oh it's really important and I think therapy isn't just someone to talk to either it it's obviously you just get it off your chest like yes you you're telling this person all these things but they can help you understand why you're feeling like that and I think that's really important so I've been to multiple different therapies obviously when my friend passed away I went to therapy about that and that was more of just talking about how I was feeling there wasn't much this is how you can feel better, but it was good to get it off my chest. But then throughout uni, I went through a really tough period where my anxiety was rotten. Like it was just horrible. Um, and it was mostly when I was driving. So it just kind of came out of nowhere um about random things. But I just thought, right, I really need to get some help now because I'm starting to really panic to the fact to the point where I was getting like panic attacks when I was driving. Um, so I I can't remember if I told anyone. I think I told my best friend who said I should go to CBT therapy. So I seeked that and I went there and that really helped just because it made me understand why I was feeling the way I was. Not not necessarily the root cause, but the fact it was more normal how to get through it and not panic so much. And that was actually really helpful because now I can apply that to different parts of my life. So it wasn't just a lesson for those specific things. It's helped me if I'm panicking about something else, um, you know, like breathing exercises or writing my feelings down that's a really good one that i've used for years um but yeah i think it, it's really important to seek help because it does help you in other aspects of your life no totally and it's positively
0: making those changes and especially in a new year it's new beginnings and almost a fresh outlook people still struggle a lot in january they feel that pressure, like oh they've they've set all these goals for the new year someone said someone said, Oh, I'm I'm doing all this stuff, booked holidays, I've got all these exciting things. So there's a lot of pressure to not only face the reality of going back to our lives, but also looking like, oh new year, new me. What's your thoughts on that?
2: So actually this year I haven't really set any resolutions. I'm kind of just you know, I just want to progress and be a be a better me by the end of twenty three. Um but I do think there is a lot of pressure. You see it all over again on social media about, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And it's kind of keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? And just trying to not outdo people, but even just try and keep your head above water and keep up. And I think sometimes it's important to just sit and reflect and actually figure out what you want for yourself rather than, oh, well, she's doing that. So I, I need to do that or he's doing that. So I must need to do that too. Um, I think it's, it's more important to have a time to reflect on how you can progress in yourself, rather than oh, I want to book more holidays. I want to do this, and like if you want to do that, then that's great. But don't kind of pressure yourself into it just because other people are.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good tip to remember because I think we're all like you say, go, it's going that that comparison comparison will kill you. Yeah. It's it's remembering. You've got it. It's not about what everyone else is doing. It's about what you're
2: doing. Yeah, like the grass isn't always greener. And like we've said, I mean, social media can paint this amazing picture of someone's life, but just because they're having six holidays this year, it doesn't mean that they're any more successful. I think finding what success means to you is so important. Just being happy for me is is a really important um, progression. And we, like I've said, we all we all have our really bad days, um, or even just our off days. So something for me is to just reflect and remember and be grateful. That's something I want to do in 2023.
0: So now it's time for questions from Hopecast listeners. Every week we get we ask you on social media what you want to know from our guest. And these are the questions that we've got. Come through to ask the
1: first one, Hazel. Yes, certainly. Um so um a lot of people especially struggle in january sort of after christmas and after the new year and particularly this year when everybody's had a cold and everybody's been poorly and it's been a bit grim um i think so what what do you think about people having to go back and face reality of of life's pressures after the christmas period and everything else and the pressure that they put upon themselves i think as well
2: i really think it's it's so important to just take it slow um we all set ourselves goals for the new year and I think it's important not to jump straight into them if you have these goals kind of ease yourself in and don't think that because it's a new year that you have to be a completely different person I don't think that's what the new year's about I think just take it easy be kind to yourself Um, you know just remind yourself of things you actually want and I don't know just short words just chill out it's only a new year they come around every year it, it doesn't it's not that deep even if social media tells you it is yeah just kind of be what you want to be and don't rush anything good
1: advice
0: uh, I think I think that, that's I think we all we're all guilty of forgetting that and just thinking I'm rushing into it <laughs> yeah yeah and it's almost like we're, we're in mid-January now and you're thinking oh my god I've not done this I've not done that but actually we're two weeks into the new year so it's, don't put that yeah. silly, that silly pressure on yourself
2: yeah, I mean, it, it's a new year and I don't really take the new year seriously. I think it's, you know, the 31st of January and the first, uh, the 31st of December, sorry, and the 1st of January that it, it it's just a day apart. Nothing, nothing changes. Just, um, I think, take day by day rather than new year, new me
0: yeah definitely definitely so another question we've had come through is what are the common barriers which prevent women from opening up about suicide i
2: think the barriers is what we've spoke about so when we've said about the pressures of having everything put together i've got a new motto that i i kind of i didn't really come up with it it's probably been said before but in december last year was i truly don't believe that anyone has their stuff together like i I think everyone's just winging it and you know the top of the top people I think they're just winging it people you know I really don't believe in that anyone knows what they're doing I just think we're all kind of trying to get through it the best we can but I do I do
0: think you are right it is it's those pressures that women put on themselves and not reaching out for help and by not talking about it creates that stigma doesn't it and it's like that thing saying Right, I'm not, but can't. I can't even discuss that. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about suicide. What will people say? What will people think? What will what will people do if if, if I admit to saying that?
2: Yeah, I think the barriers as well. It's it's kind of who you put yourself around. So if those people are the type of person to have their stuff put together and seem that way, I think that might make you feel a bit, you know, um, like inside yourself that you can't come out but I just want to let everyone know that everyone has those days. Every person that I know in my life has those days where they need to reach out and be like, look, I'm, I'm really not doing well. Do you want to grab a coffee? Can, can have a phone call. And with the work that I do pretty much everyone I know does come to me about it. And I love that, but not everyone does have that person. So I think things like Hopeline UK are really important um, to have access to for people like that and having these Hopelines and, um, you know, being able to contact someone does break those barriers because you can speak into someone that you don't know. It's confidential. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to break down these barriers so that people know it's fine. Would you agree, Hazel? Would you say that's a really great piece of advice? I think definitely Hopeline,
0: that that's what it's there for.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hopeline's there for anybody. And I think uh, we always say this, there's no question that's too silly or too trivial to ask on Hopeline UK. Um, And they have so much So many resources at their fingertips that they can help you out. Um, if you just want a little bit of advice, if you just want to talk something over, or you're worried about somebody else, nobody's going to judge you. And it's a completely safe environment. And I think I think it's a fabulous service. I really do. It's there for everybody.
2: I think what you've just said there as well about there's no question too silly to ask. I think if you're thinking of a question, someone else or a thousand other people have asked the same question. And I think that's really important to remember because our thoughts are shared usually. And um, if someone, if you are thinking about something, then the chances are someone else has
1: already asked. Absolutely, and when you find that out, that in itself is, is quite a good release. It's just like, oh my God, really? So everybody feels like this, it's not just yeah. me. Yeah, like I'm not mean. alone. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a really, really good point. Like, you aren't alone, and it's by even that just now, I'm saying that it breaks that taboo and breaks yeah. that barrier down. Yeah. Um, another question we had coming through is I'm feeling under a lot of pressure to have the perfect job partner, to be the perfect student friend and daughter. I'm always comparing myself to other people and I feel emotionally exhausted, which is making me think I don't want to be here anymore. What should I do?
2: I think find someone that gives you that safe space to talk about it and it is really scary. And if you're not ready for that step, I think write your feelings down, get them down on paper. When I was a young teen and I was going through all of my really bad times, um, I would write poems. And they didn't have to be, you know, Shakespeare or anything. It just was a way for me to get my feelings down and understand them a little bit more. And I think that's a really good place to start because then when you speak to someone, you can your head's a bit clearer to be able to speak about it properly rather than just kind of going and spitting all this, these emotions out. Um, writing them down gives you a chance to think about them and how you can speak to someone about it. Um, And if you you can't find a family member or a friend to speak to, there's things like Hopeline UK where you can call um, and uh, you can even text, can't you Hazel? Yeah, text, web
1: chat, email. email, Yeah.
2: Hmm. So even if you didn't want to speak to someone over the phone, I think email's a great one. Um, The majority of people have emails um, if they don't have access to texting. So I think that would be a really good idea if you're feeling like that. I think you really need to speak to someone. and just let it out. I think it'll make you feel so much better.
1: And I think that um, that kind of model translates so well into other parts of your life. I mean, if I've got a lot going on at work and there's like all these things coming in all the time, if actually just, and I'm lying awake at night worrying about all this stuff that's going on. If I just come in and sit down and write it all down, make a huge big list, like okay well it's manageable now i can sort of work through it and tick things off and sort of manageable chunks and things like that and i think so i think writing it down is a really really good idea and i think also going back to your idea about emailing somebody people don't like to admit weaknesses don't they i don't like people feeling sorry for me so i i'm really bad at opening up about how i well i'm not i'm very very opinionated and loud but um i don't like admitting things that I'm not coping very well with because I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I hate it when I see people's facial expressions that they're (laughs) feeling sorry for me. Um, So just writing something down is a really, really good way of having to avoid that.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that could be, I mean, your private notebook at home or an email. And I think as well, if you write it down and then go back to it when you're in a better headspace, you can actually figure out how you're going to change things to overcome them. So let's say you're comparing Yourself to people on social media, just as an easy example. When you're in a better headspace, you can look at that from a different angle and maybe be like, right, I'm going to limit my time on social media per day, or I'm going to mute these people. I'm going to not follow them anymore because it's not very good for my mental health. And I think writing it down does give you the chance to go back and look at it
1: from a different perspective mm-hmm. and to break it down into compartments.
2: Yeah, instead of being this. It off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of being this big mess inside your head that you just can't even comprehend, and it's so overwhelming, putting it into a list of how you're feeling is like, right, okay, we're going to tackle this, or this is how I'm feeling, and this is like the umbrella of it, but we're going to tackle this at different times, and this is how we're going to do it, mm-hmm. Um and yeah I think writing things down is so underrated and it's something that I do use quite a lot I swear by it I think it's the best
0: therapy you can do because it just it gets all out of here and it's like Hazel says there you compartmentalize and tick off things I think I swear by it it's brilliant
2: yeah I think I think it's great like I mean even in your phone if you didn't want anyone to possibly find it write it in your phone in a note, Um, things like that. Like it can be private and see how you feel from there. And then you're not jumping straight into therapy if you're unsure. Although obviously I would recommend it. I've been to several therapy sessions um, of different kinds. I think it's a great place to start. And I think that ties into the last question about
0: seeking support from Hope Line and breaking that taboo. I'm worried about telling my family. I'm having thoughts of suicide. I'm worried about what will happen if I tell them. What should I do? Again, I would say contact Hope Line UK, and it's it's if you're worried about telling your family, they can. It's the professionals who can support you and keep you safe.
2: Yeah, I think that it's just so important to have that safety. And speak to someone that will make you feel safe. And Hopeline UK is somewhere that you can do that. Like we've just said, you can text, web chat, email, and um, telephone. So if if you really didn't want to call, um, because as Hazel was saying before, like facial expressions is the same as tone of voice. Um, if you really don't want that, an email is amazing. I mean, I love email for anything. Um and it i think i would use the email for hopeline uk um if i wasn't ready to take a phone call but definitely get help it changes your life um even if you're not even if you don't believe it give it a try I, I promise you
1: it will yeah i think another key point is um papyrus is about the prevention of young suicide but it's actually up to everybody else to to look after our young people um the other side of hopeline is that it's there for everybody else so If you are going to open up to your family, if they themselves are aware of the factors affecting young people's mental health, they could could have a look at Hopeline UK. They could call Hopeline UK and ask for advice. Um, If if they've got a little bit of understanding about young people's mental health and suicide prevention, before it gets to the point that you have to open up to them, then you're halfway there. And I think that's a huge amount of our work, promoting our services. To everybody, not just to young people. Yeah. Everybody should know how to help a young person who's struggling. Everybody should know how to react appropriately and safely if somebody opens up to them. Um and I think that's one of the one of the best USPs about Hope Line UK and about our work is that we're there for we're there to help everybody deal with young suicide, not just the young person themselves.
2: I think it's really important to to get the message out as well that sometimes when someone comes through about suicide or you know, just other mental health problems that they're they're having issues with internally that you don't always need to say anything. Sometimes they just want to come to you to let it out and get it off their chest. And mm-hmm. um, you don't always have to have a solution, um especially if you're a family member, um you just need to be there and even a hug, if you like hugs, a hug mm-hmm. can solve so many issues and just telling someone that you're there for them yeah Uh, just a sort
1: of affirmation isn't it
2: yeah it makes such a difference and even just telling someone that you care about them because a lot of people I know I went through this where you just feel like you're a bit of a burden that no one cares like if you weren't here you feel like what would it matter but I can guarantee if you went to someone they would tell you how much they care about you and how much they mean in their life and you don't realize how how big part you do play in people's lives um just knowing that you don't always have to say anything to someone just let them know that mm-hmm. you're there for them and that you really care about them can yeah. make such a big difference
0: and I think even not don't just wait for birthdays and valentine's days and yeah. those those big days it's about those little days in between mm-hmm. tell someone yeah. about them and you love them and you're there for them I think mean, that's a yeah really, really like there's so question.
2: many ways to say I love you um so For example, my granddad isn't like an I love you person. I think he said it like twice to me, but I know he does because of the other things he says. So, you know, like get home safe, text me when you're home um, or like, I'm really proud of you. That is, I think I'm really proud of you makes so much more of an impact than I love you, if you know what I mean? Yeah. For me, definitely. So even just other ways of saying I love you every day, um, I think that could really help someone who's struggling as well. Just to let them know that um, you are proud of them or you care about them is really important. Oh, that's it. that's really made me smile. That <laughs> that's that's
0: a really nice like, point to, to go off. And Alicia, thank you so much for being on Hopecast. It's been it's no, always it's- a
2: good talking to you anyway, but that's that's really really lovely hearing that. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been great. I've really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, so it's always lovely to catch up, and you are an inspiration. And we're very, very glad that you're on board with us. And thank you for everything that you're doing.
2: Thank you, no, and, no, for, no. and for
1: other young girls going through the sort of pageant system and stuff like that. I guess it's been, yeah, they, they must really look up to you as a really good role model.
2: Yeah, I hope so. But yeah, um, even if it's one person, I mean, my job's done. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Even even girls
0: who aren't in the pageant, you get going. Girls who go through a hard time in school, even in work, or the friendship group, the, the feeling that way, how you were made to feel, you are a real inspiration actually showing you can come through the other side. And... and it's better
2: on the other side. It's so much better and you can look back and reflect and just think, I got through that. I can get through anything because mm-hmm. school is torture for a lot of people and uh, yeah. um, kids are so cruel, <laughs> um, but it's so much better on the other side. And when you're an adult, no one cares. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great
2: no advice. one's bothered so so yeah um it's better on the other side definitely and you've got another big pageant coming up haven't you in in june yes yeah, so i'm competing for miss international uk on june 10th it'll be my first pageant since miss world in 2018 so um yeah i'm trying my best i've raised money for papyrus in the lead up um so we're at just under a thousand um which is good going
0: fabulous um,
2: thank you yeah um so i'm i'm you know always doing things but i've yeah i've been with papyrus since before Miss International, but i'm going to take them all the way through
1: oh thank you well we look forward to hearing all about it we'll keep tabs on on what's yeah. going on and Yeah. Else. i wish you the best of luck
2: thank you so much thank you I really, really, really
0: enjoyed that episode of Alicia. I just think she's fabulous. And the fact that she's so open and honest about her experiences genuinely wants to help young people. I think it's I think she's
1: amazing. I think she's great. She's a, a huge inspiration to young people, whether they're going down the beauty pageant uh, line or not. Um I think for a young for a young person to open up and be honest about Struggles they've had with suicidal thoughts, and the fact that she lost her friend and everything else. I think it's, um, I think it's great. I think she's amazing, and I'm really pleased that she's on board with us.
0: And she does an amazing job. I mean, it'll be five years since she started being an ambassador for Pyrus, and the difference she's made already, and showing actually it shows suicide affects every community, every group, and suicide is is an issue in beauty pageants. And she talks about you know the the hidden pressures that that people face and don't people don't necessarily see. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think because of our relationship with Alicia, she really helped open the door for other young girls going through those pageants as well. They all know about papyrus now. They all know about where to come and where to get some help. Um, and I think through Alicia and through Angie as well, who runs the whole Miss England um, thing, I think they've been phenomenal. And the amount of support we've had from young girls with their fundraising and everything else which they do as part of their their Miss England journey um, I think has been fantastic for us. It's opened us up to a whole new sector of the community that we might not have otherwise have reached so I'm very pleased about that.
0: And it is and it's breaking that that taboo around suicide and like we mentioned before Creating that safe space. You may not necessarily be feeling that way, but you might know someone who is feeling that way. You might have that that inclination that some somebody's thinking about suicide or wanting wanting to end their own life, and they know they can redirect people to hope line UK and to access the right support. So it's all about creating that safe space.
1: Absolutely, and I think um it's really important to bear in mind what Alicia said about um we just need to be a little bit kinder to ourselves to say kind things. To ourselves and to other people and I think that's massive it's a very simple thing to do but it has a massive impact
0: it does and we're all we're all guilty of it we're all guilty of pulling ourselves down and
1: being a bit
0: over I mean nobody's harder on yourself than you are to yourself like every like we all have those moments but it's about taking a moment don't be so hard on yourself and, and speaking very kindly I think it doesn't really just does go a long way absolutely yes Well, thank you so much for joining us, Hazel. It's been lovely having you on this Hopecast. Oh, it's been lovely. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it.
1: And I hope that somebody who listens to this will now think about where they could go for some help um, and that they're not alone and that we can solve this if we all work together
0: absolutely and hopeline uk is is here to support you um and yeah know it's know it's there in whichever way there's so many multiple ways you contact hopeline you could ring you can text you can email the support's there
1: absolutely for both young people and their their families their parents and their friends um it's there for advice and guidance as well as real life-saving support as well